The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10, 5, victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Bell, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan. He is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And uh, Brian, I bet you had a a wonderful three-hour post-game uh, on the Dallas Cowboys radio network after one of the one of the worst losses of the McCarthy era, I think it's fair to say. They had some bad ones his first year, uh, but you were playing with a lot of quarterbacks and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, I think what was disappointing to me, Bobby, was this team was actually going to play for something. You know, there, there was still – um, I mean, the reports were getting out of Philadelphia right now, what Jalen Hurts went through to get through that game and how sore he is. And that ended up being a six-point game. And you just don't know. You just don't know what was going to happen uh, as that game was going on. So you had to find a way to play. Dallas, offensively, they no-showed. They really yeah. no-showed. They're, the running game, which they talked about going in, it's something we'd like to try and get better at non-existent backs couldn't hit holes. If there were holes there, their vision was bad. Offensive linemen couldn't secure down blocks. 
couldn't get couldn't get uh, Lyman up on the second level. Tight ends, half man blocking, and I mean half man like all of a sudden Pollard's that third down and five play where they're trying to run on the first series to get a first down. Yeah, thinking that maybe Pollard's gonna. You know, we've seen these guys make cuts and get first downs and things, but the, all of a sudden Dalton Schultz is blocking half his guy. He's not square on his guy, so Pollard's thinking. I've got to go where the block is. No, I don't. I've got to just go straight ahead because I don't trust what I see. Man, there is a lot of things going on, and there was a lot of things in this football game. The routes weren't very good. The quarterback wasn't very accurate. I don't think the quarterback particularly saw things that pick 60 through. Uh, I, I'm going to say this. When you play cover two, when you play two defenders on the hash, and usually the corners, what they call squat, and they play up, their responsibility is that area to the flat. Usually when corners squat, they're taking everything that's kind of underneath the safeties that are responsible for the routes behind them. For him to throw the ball on an out with cover two and squat corners, he got exactly what he deserved. Yeah, You can't make that throw. You got to know, okay, if I've got a route going to the sideline or a flat route and it's cover two, there's likely going to be somebody over there. And I, I, I'll tell you, man, this game, the way that Dak played in this game, you could have just put Howell on the back of that number four. And that's how I thought that maybe Howell was going to play for the commanders. Like wrong reads, errant throws, you know, taking sacks. Yeah. You know, I, I, if you would have said, oh, that's how Howell played for the commanders, I would have believed it. That did not look like a seven-year veteran play. But then again, his offensive line did him no favors in the running game. The backs couldn't get anything going. Even when they were trying to throw the ball to the backs, what's Seek doing? They run trips to one side, swing the back. They're probably going to throw you the ball over there to try. You're not even looking for the ball, you know? Yeah. And, 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 I think the thing that's really so disturbing to me is that Mike McCarthy comes out and says, we had a bad week of practice. You're telling me in a meaningful game, you had a bad week of practice. Yep. That where, what? Okay. I get it. What was going on in Cincinnati and Buffalo and all that, that was on players' minds all week. I get it. But some teams went out there and played their ass off to win games. Buffalo's effort was excellent. Cincinnati's effort was excellent. Uh, how about the Detroit Lions playing for playing? You know what the Detroit Lions were playing for? And Dan Campbell said it. We're playing so they can't go to the playoffs. Yeah. And you know what? And Dan Campbell played that game so his team would be nine and eight. Well, they eight and one, seven and one down the stretch. You know how the Lions played? You know, good for them. You know, good for you know that that to me is so disheartening. Is you know, and if I worked in the organization and saw that, I would have got on that plane and I would have been pissed. I would have been really pissed that we gave that kind of uh, performance in that game with it with it meaningful. You know, you you got to play. You know, the commanders, the commanders, the week before played like you did yesterday. You let a rookie first time starter move the offense, you know, you had all those three and outs, 10, 11 of them, you know, why? Why? That's the question. And that's why, 
you know, if I know on 105.3 The Fan, when you and RJ Choppy and Sean Sharif get to talk to Jerry Jones tomorrow, the questions are going to come up about Mike McCarthy. And, and you know what? And rightfully so. And I, I've, I've been really clear on these on this platform. I think Mike has done a really, really nice job. I mean, yeah. to, to lose the quarterback and all that stuff like that. But when you don't have your team ready to play a meaningful game, now it could have gone along where you could have gone a half, but you could have built a lead and then you lose the game and you're like, okay, I get it. You know, that that happened. But the way that the offense came out, I don't care if you're showing stuff or not showing stuff. You didn't block. You didn't read defenses the right way. You didn't run great routes. You dropped footballs. And when you ran the football, you went nowhere. That was bad. That's as bad as I've seen this offense play. They've had struggles against Houston. They had struggles against Tampa in week one. But that was that was inexcusable to me. There's so many questions uh, coming out of this game. So many things that uh, can be addressed. Let, let's... I, I guess let's start with specifically the quarterback who goes 14 of 37. He was awful. Which, which is, just to be perfectly blunt, it's Ryan Leaf-esque. You should never, as an NFL quarterback, go 14 of 37, much less if you're considered a, a really good NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, what... What when you watch it? Obviously, you 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 know we we talk about that cover two, and he throws that like that's not just well. I have faith in my arm. It's just like what are you? What are you looking at? What are you what? honestly looking at? And it, it, that wasn't the only one, Bobby. No, no, no. It was. It was. It, I know it was rampant. Um, and, and sure, like I know Greg Olson brought it up on the broadcast. Like, man, these receivers aren't doing him many favors. They're not getting any separation. Fine, but even by accident, even with little separation, you should be able to fit more than fourteen balls into completions. Like, like it was a how many of them went to Schultz? You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, any any reception was to Schultz. I mean, in CD, the thing about what was so bad to me is that Dak's just recklessness that he throws the ball at times. It's just reckless, you know. And you, you, you're like double. Okay. I get it. Noah Brown has you got to give Noah Brown credit for how he's played. But all of a sudden, you're throwing, you know, you're you have opportunities to throw balls to Lamb underneath or Schultz underneath on a third and ten. And you try and just throw a, a rope inside to to Noah Brown with like triple coverage with all that traffic. Yeah. You've got guys underneath and you just or you check it down to Schultz. He's standing you know, two yards from the marker. He catches it. It's a first down. You got Lamb, same kind of position, but you want to you just want to fire a ball into the middle of the field with to Noah Brown, or you want to fire a ball into the middle of the field for Michael Gallup? Why? Why? Which which was which was worse overall for you on the offensive side of the ball? execution or effort and i know maybe there's other issues like just decision making and things like that but between execution and effort which looked more concerning to you was there a lack of effort or do you think it was just awful execution awful play i think it was awful execution awful play effort you could tell it wasn't like they were you know when they were trying to run the ball it wasn't like they were trying that it was like they were trying to block you know pass protection the pass that dak threw for the touchdown to cd lamb Great route by Lamb. 
great protection, great throw. That's what made you go. And that game's a, now it's a 13 to 6 game. It's a th- yeah. By the way, the, the missed extra point, bad snap. Okay, block punt or uh, drop snap, bad snap. Not a really great day for our, our snapper over. Matt Overton, yeah. That, I mean, like they, the extra point, the ball was on the ground and smothered, raised, laces away, yank kick. But I'm sure that I'm sure that it was a situation where you know uh, Brett Maher is looking down. He starts his thing. The ball is being smothered. Now it's being raised. He's thinking like, okay, I got to try and kick this thing. I mean, it's a hedge in it, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying though execution when you run plays uh, no it, it, martin smith the tight ends you know uh mcgovern mcgovern was not good in that game yesterday you know at least i didn't see uh tyler smith get buckled you know in this football game i was worried about playing against these these big tackles and by the way john ridgeway congratulations you know five tackles back to back plays you're throwing guys around Playing with power, you know. Hey, Cowboys saw something in you. It's a shame that they they didn't know what was going on at wide receiver and cut you to try and get guys on the active roster. They felt like you were the fifty third player. Far from it, my friend. Far from yeah. it right now. But you know, and and you know, but listen, there's no excuse. I mean, that was a if you if you if you go out there and lose the game because you don't play anybody. Now I was trying to figure out. Trying to figure out, okay, what was the plan on defense? You know, was the plan to play or was the plan to win? How was the plan? They played three different corners at left on left at left cornerback. You know, what was the plan to try and win? Was the plan? I mean, and let's be honest, uh, Bland, he's fine. Don't worry about Bland. He's going to be fine. He's going to play. Don't worry about him. But you know, you look at what was going on out there, right? You know. It just Mullen, come on! I, I think they figured out. Now I will say this though, you know, Coil playing nickel corner. I think he's more of a safety. Yeah. You know, got caught in some, but the guy will tackle. He's kind of a willing player. He's competitive. He's very competitive. But other than that, I mean, you're looking at Osa. Uh, you're looking at. Uh, Armstrong and you're Armstrong, looking at, at Golston. Those cats came to play like they were trying to win a game. You know, Clark. I, I, I'm still waiting on Clark. By the way, I know this is LSU on LSU crime right now, but hopefully having Vanderish back in there will help him because he looks lost in coverage. He gets knocked off the ball sometimes in the running game. He does not look like the same player I saw at LSU. I'm not making excuses for him. But he looks like he does not look like the same player. And maybe you know this year, I was expecting early some some kind of uh, of that a little bit of that learning curve stuff. It's it, it it it's sometimes there and sometimes it's not. And but as of late, it hasn't been as much. I, I could say this: Anthony Barr, Anthony Barr can't run anymore. He can't run if the ball is right at him. By all means, he's going to make a play. Ball away, coverage away. Anthony Barr can't run anymore. He just how how does it end up that Washington's able to get Terry McLaurin on Anthony Barr and Damone Clark at different times in this game? 
Well, what happened on the first touchdown was they go bunch and he comes across and it's like they were passing it. They were passing it from they passed it from Wilson to Barr to Clark. And Clark was kind of like, you know, kind of like he was he uh, you see him on tape. He looks right at McLaurin and who hesitates. And then he looks back at the quarterback and you're thinking, oh, this is about to be bad. And it was. It was because that the, the McLaren just went straight across, and it was an easy throw. But they, they I mean, was that was that was that pass off that they were doing? Um, was that just passing to the next zone responsibility, or were they like playing some sort of man match? I it, to me, it looked like to me they were playing zone. When you looked at Wilson, Barr, and then Clark, how it got passed. That I mean, you've got to you you've got to jam. If anything, you have to jam that crosser. You know, if anything, step up and level that crosser or bump the crosser so he doesn't get into the route. And now you make this you make the if the quarterback holds the ball, now you're probably going to get a sack. But they never they, they free access across. Nobody ever and, and Clark was Clark was looking right at him. Just jam him, bump him, throw him off route. Yeah. If they throw the ball in there, they call pass interference. What? Okay, fine, but you don't give up a touchdown. See, that's the thing about it's maddening. I get it if it's I get if it's guys that never get to play. I get it if it's Luke Gifford in there or or Cox or you know somebody that never gets to play. But man, they had several of those plays yesterday where you're just like going, why, why? Yeah. What? What is? Uh of greatest concern to you coming out of this game? Is it Dak Prescott? Is it the other corner spot? Or is it, frankly, right now, the discussion I'm trying to figure out is, is Tyron Smith just not comfortable on the right side or is Tyron Smith not? Or Tyron uh, Smith maybe done. Is Tyron Smith done? Because Tyron yeah. Smith yesterday looked like a player who's done. And, and I'm hoping it's just he's not comfortable on the right side yet. But... Man, when Effie Obata is is working you on a couple different times, and uh, you know you're just it, it's not normal to see the ball snapped, and all of a sudden Tyron's within a second turning around to see what happened when somebody was able to penetrate on him, and that happened a couple times. Yeah, and so it's it's troubling watching Tyron Smith play right now. So uh, as they head into this playoff, which we'll talk more about Tampa Bay this week, they do play the Buccaneers. As as bad as this was. I still think the Cowboys are, are in a decent position to win this football game uh, on Monday against the Bucks. But looking at this, Brian, uh, what is the the biggest, most grave concern for you uh, heading into this playoff run? I want to say what's going on at left corner, but my my thought is just play bland. The problem is. Tampa's not going to just let you play bland. They're going to make you three receiver sets. They're going to make you play right too, and that's that's my concern. That Tom Brady does not go through a game. He learned this from Bill Belichick. It, go back and watch that YouTube video of him and Belichick meeting, talking about personnel and yeah. talking about who they're going to attack. He is going to see Nation Wright on the field matched up against his guys, and he is going to punish you for that matchup, is what he's going to do. Because he's not going to let they're not going to let you rush the passer unless you can find a way to make these receivers 
have to, you know, hold up in routes, you know, create negative plays. But he is going to find the matchup that is going to wear you out. And it's not going to stop. And that's my my biggest concern going forward. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, guys. uh, I got to tell you really quick uh, before we go on to anything else about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I've been telling you guys about them for several weeks now. Brian and I both have. Uh, we love seeing you guys send us those photos on social media of you guys hanging out out there, uh, enjoying a cold beer, enjoying some wings or a burger or whatever else. Uh, it warms our heart, and I know it warms Boomer Jack's heart. Uh, we're glad that you guys are enjoying it as much as we do. I keep telling you guys specifically about Tuesdays and Wednesdays because Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings, but they've got great deals the rest of the week as well. Drink special starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer, and it is the coldest beer anywhere around. And it, it's just the perfect spot for whatever you're looking for. If you're looking for, you know, a happy hour spot for you and your coworkers, Boomer Jacks is perfect for that. If you're looking for a nice dinner spot for the family somewhere to unwind, it's a great spot too. My kids love the tableside s'mores that they bring out there. If you're looking for somewhere to watch the game, Boomer Jacks, man, wall-to-wall TVs. And I mean that literally. The TVs fill up the walls at Boomer Jacks. You are going to be so glad you went there. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That is boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, uh, let's take a look here. Uh, like I said, we'll get into Tampa a little bit more as as the week progresses. Uh, got got a, a, a full eight days on, on the preparation front there. Uh, so if you do come out of Tampa, you are going to be playing a playoff game on the road and all, you know, you're going to be playing a playoff game on the road on a short week. Um, so that's a, a little bit troubling, but uh, Dallas is 4-0 on short rest this year. So that if you're looking for a silver lining, there's that. But um, we'll dive into those, you know, the, the playoff implications here soon. I want to talk about uh, the coaching staff and where things stand right now with that group. Um, specifically, before we dive into Mar- Mike McCarthy's future, uh, let's talk about the immediate threat to your coaching staff, and that's Dan Quinn, uh, who the report is today that the Broncos have uh, requested to interview Quinn. Uh, you know, Quinn addressed it with media on on Monday and just said it was uh, it's flattering whenever anybody wants you, but didn't want to talk about it past that. Said, look, we're focused on wildcard game i'm not i'm not talking about any of that right now this is what i'm i i'm focusing my my work on right now um i know we all felt like denver was his job last year 
uh, ultimately. It was. It was. It was. You know what? You know what that ended out being? That ended out being Denver thought they were going to be able to get Aaron Rodgers. And and if you told them they weren't getting Aaron Rodgers, I don't think they hired Nathaniel Hackett. No, I don't and think so. Uh, it, it was a job that was going to be his, changed at the last minute. Do you think take two, they say, all right, let's give this a shot, what we wanted to do initially last year? Um, or do you think that Jerry is still going to be able to save, uh, retain Dan Quinn as the defensive coordinator? Or, or do you think he'd have to give him the head coaching job here to make him stay? I was worried that some bridges got burned between what happened with Dan Quinn and the GM there in Denver. George Payton. Yeah, yep. George Payton. Because I think they're I think they're really, really, really good friends. And I think that that he George was in a situation where he wanted to hire Dan. And then all of a sudden the Broncos, the Bolin family decides they're gonna sell the team. And then the next thing you know. You got Joe Ellis and John Elway stepping up and they're preventing like you, you know, the Broncos were a team that had hired defensive coaches before and it hadn't worked out. Fangio, Joseph, Fangio, Joseph, John Fox. Yeah. You know, they've, they've hired some defensive coaches and they were probably thinking we can't sell this team and do this again. I think George was under some pressure. Uh, I think you're absolutely right about trying to make a deal uh, to get Aaron Rodgers. But Dan Quinn thought he had that job. Now the problem you're running into, uh, you know, will are there? You know, did Dan get disappointed uh, by the situation? Did you know he feel like that George worked him on the deal? I heard that there might be some of the early some of that. But now, you know, if he gets the opportunity. I've said this a bunch. There's only one. There's only 32 of these jobs. You know. And Dan Quinn, his Dan Quinn, what did he do? He came back. You know, the defense has done a, a nice job this year. You won 12 games again. That's a lot of credibility. You, you led the league in turnovers, you know, getting turnovers again. You're proving you can sack people again. You know, you're you're developing players on the defense. You know, so there's a lot of things that make Dan Quinn a very inviting candidate. And Dan Quinn will help you with personnel, but he doesn't want to be the personnel guy. So that's why if something were to happen at Dallas, where all of a sudden it's like Jerry makes a an adjustment, says, listen, I don't want to lose Dan Quinn, and I'm moving on from Mike McCarthy. You know, that's that's something that, you know, you maybe keep an eye on right there. But Denver is interviewing a lot of really good candidates. And, yep. but, but George knows this candidate wanted to hire this guy. Let's see if, uh, let's see if in fact that, uh, that they can, they can get that done. Now, I don't think that he could talk with them until, am I right about that? That Super Bowl week before, but if Dallas gets bounced, he immediately can talk. If they don't get bounced and they keep playing, I don't think the window is till the Super Bowl week, right? Or yeah. the, week, the week before. I gotta we gotta look at that again because there was the they they last year there was a rule did, change that did they was open only, did they open it, that up for the divisional games? It was only in place for like one year, I think, and I don't I don't recall if it got renewed. Yeah. Like I think it was one of those things where it's a one year rule and they were gonna right. reevaluate. So <clears throat> that needs to be uh looked into on that front to see when exactly the interview could take place. But as it stands now, I mean you you're right. They they have I think the latest odds I saw has Jim Harbaugh as the favorite. Um, the, the next one though is Dan Quinn behind that there's Sean Payton, who they have 
requested and gotten permission to interview. So uh, there are some heavy hitters here that they can talk to. But, you know, some of the rumors we've heard about, you know, not only would it be Dan Quinn, but he could bring Brian Schottenheimer with him, who's here in Dallas as an analyst. Uh, he's doing, Isn't he doing what Ben McAdoo did? Yeah, he is. He's helping. He's helping the defensive coaches kind of see what the game plan could be. Like he's creating a game plan for their uh, opponent, and gonna. And then he talks about it with the defensive coaches, like how he would attack you with his personnel and stuff. So that's a that is a situation where Schottenheimer and Quinn clearly are working hand in hand every week. In in that sense, um, Schottenheimer. Uh, was the offensive coordinator when Russell Wilson had the greatest success of his career? Um, Russ even so, came out. Russ even came out and talked about Dan as a person and all that. You know, knows him from so the it, it seems like something that could make a lot of sense. Is there a? Do you think there is a? a, a if they say, "Hey, the job is yours," and the the rug is not getting pulled out from under them, do you think that Jerry would have the ability with either his checkbook or his? Oh, uh, yeah, has. I mean, he already to, be able to be able to, to be able to get him to turn down that job this Damn. time it was last year it was Denver walked away from him but if do you think that Jerry has enough do, do you think Jerry would be willing to go to a financial place that would cause Dan to say I'm good no thank you he might have he might go to a financial place that's more than what Mike McCarthy's making which is five million a year I think yeah yeah I mean Dan Quinn's getting paid pretty extensive good money yeah, the one thing in my 14 years that I learned working for the Cowboys, if somebody comes after you or you have a chance to promote or they, or they they you get a chance to maybe go somewhere else or be promoted somewhere, they they will in turn compensate you. But other than that, they will like Will McClay, guys like that. If somebody comes at Will interviewing for jobs, Dan Quinn his contract is like an NFL head coach. It, it's it's very very similar to the the compensation is very very similar. It's so, like Will McClay having a GM deal, basically. Yeah, like every time Will McClay gets interviewed, Jerry and Steven bump up his salary to make him like he's a general manager salary. So yeah, I mean it's 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 what the Joneses do. If somebody wants you, they will. And I hope I'm using the right term here. I hope I'm not offending anybody, but money whip, you know, yeah. is a term, yeah. you know, that that like they will money whip you to say, okay, well, thank you very much for staying. Here's some here's some money so you won't be disappointed in what just happened. Yeah, and I, I think that that would but as you say, there there's only 32 of those jobs. Yeah. So, so as much as the money may be an enticement, it may be more of an enticement that hey, I can I can you know, uh, capture the magic again with Russ. I can, I can work with Russ again. I, I feel like I can help turn things around. And um, there, there, there's a lot there that would obviously be enticing to Dan Quinn. And it's something we'll have to watch for uh, as we move forward. I'm sure, you know, as much as Cowboys fans have, have been frustrated with him, I'm sure we'll hear at some point, Kellen Moore will undoubtedly get an interview somewhere. Um, maybe, maybe a couple the question on Mike McCarthy, Brian, after the performance that they, they gave on Sunday and after they didn't play great against Tennessee and kind of struggled against a, a skeleton crew in Tennessee, is there a scenario, you think, is, is there a, 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 a way they could lose this football game to Tampa that would put Mike McCarthy's job in jeopardy? Yeah, 
I uh, would it would more, it have to be embarrassing? Yeah, the more the more I think about it, the more I think about it, it would have to be a Jerry Jones decision. It would have to be, you know, Mike McCarthy is great as far as keeping the team healthy for the most part. You know, last year, I mean, back to back twelve win season, back to back playoffs. You know, he fired a coach that didn't win this many games, but went back to back playoffs and Chan Gailey. You know, yeah. and he and he talked about what a mistake that was. But Jerry Jones is like eighty years old now, and you bring in Mike McCarthy, yeah, you you win a division or you get in the playoffs, but it's about what you do in January. You know, it's about those January games. And if you have like back-to-back failure in January games, an 80-year-old Jerry Jones is going to look at Steven and Will and they're going to say, I didn't sign up for this. I signed up for, I don't have many more campaigns left. And I'm not trying to sound morbid or, you know, bad guy or anything, but Jerry Jones doesn't have, we, we don't, we're none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. And that's the thing that, you know, Jerry has to look at. He goes, well, okay, I have the type of roster that I think should compete. And if we're not competing in the playoffs, then I need to do something different. I would be surprised if he fired Mike McCarthy, if they had a playoff loss. But then again, at his age, it would be something that would, you know, as I say, not surprising, but something that I would, I would understand. Do you think that it's a scenario where, it, let, let's just say, and obviously this wouldn't happen, but let's say it is an exact carbon copy performance in this game against Tampa Bay. Tampa does everything Washington did. Dallas repeats their performance. Is that embarrassing enough on a national stage that that could get him fired? On a Monday night game, I think that it was something that that plane flight home from Tampa for Jerry Jones and Steven uh, in their uh, you know in their own plane flying home. Uh, I think that would be something. There would be a lot of competition, or excuse me, a lot of conversation about that. You know and. You know that that would be something that that I think Stephen would be very much a well. Listen, if you want to move on from Mike, let's talk about Dan here. Then, if that's what you want to do, because I think that Stephen Jones and Will McClay, if they were to make a change, I think they would make it in a way that they would like a guy like Dan Quinn, who they've worked with shoulder to shoulder on personnel. Dan's yep. Dan's not going to rock the boat about free agent signings. Dan's not going to rock the boat about the draft. Dan's going to want to go out and evaluate players and try and help with the draft. But Dan's not going to want to run everything, you know? So to me... Oh, oh I, Dan Dan is a personnel dream in the sense that Dan, absolutely, Dan absolutely. will do all the grunt work with you yeah, without yeah. demanding to make the call. Absolutely. And that's, that's where... Dream to them. I, I think that Will and Steven have this personnel staff right where they want it and their ability to manipulate players on and off the roster, drafting, signing, let's not sign, let's claim, let's do. They, they've they got it now where they have no issues. You go get a guy like Sean Payton who wants to be involved but learn from the Bill Parcells moment of, 
Why are you challenging me on this player that I want? Why are we not spending money on this player? Why are we not doing this? Why are we not doing that? That's the last thing I think that Will and Steven really, really want is somebody that's going to come in and challenge him. Now, this is where Jerry Jones might step in. He said, listen here, you SOBs. <laughs> you know, you told me this, you told me that. I've got a team that I feel like can challenge in the playoffs, and we're not doing it. If you think that guy can do it, well, you got to prove me wrong because come up with some other names. Where if either Sean or some, you know, they're going to have to come up with some other names. But I, I think deep down in their heart, Will McClay and Stephen Jones want nothing to do with Sean Payton just because of the demands that Sean makes on the personnel department. Before we jump over to the mailbag real quick, Jerry Jones was talking last night, and he said he, he talked about everybody getting a bite of this sour apple and 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 clearly said, you know, that that we got our butt whooped in a way like nobody has done to us uh, this season. And while he was expressing how disappointed he was, he had an interesting line there where he said, but I'm not half as disappointed as I will be if we're in the same position next week. Yeah. Do you think that was a little bit of notice being given? Like, oh, this, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it oh, yeah. better look like this next week. Yeah. If it yeah. This next week with the stakes the way they are, people yeah. are in trouble. Yeah, I totally it, – It's that was one of those – listen, I, I'm i not too happy right now moments, and if I feel this way again next week, it is not going to be a good Tuesday morning for a lot of people in this organization, and especially on that coaching side. He has served notice. He has absolutely served notice. And I tell you what, if Jerry gets in the warpath, it's going to be about Steven and it's going to be about Will – and others to try and talk him off that because I think they would want to kind of keep things status quo. Jerry might not be interested in their conversation. You are listening to the love of the star podcast. The love of the stars and odyssey podcast. You can find it on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All right, Brian, uh, we need to remind everybody about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I got to tell you, uh, me and Brian have loved seeing you guys send us all the pictures Absolutely, of you hanging out yeah. at Boomer Jacks, all the stuff you're getting, telling us all about it. Uh, and, and the day I got to recommend for you guys, there's two days in particular I think you should go if you're looking for the right day to go to Boomer Jacks. It's Tuesday or Wednesday because Tuesday it's half price bone and wings. Wednesdays are half price boneless wings, but they've got deals for you every other day of the week as well. They got drink specials starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer. It's ice cold beer, wall to wall TVs. And I know when you hear me say wall to wall TVs, you think I'm saying, and there's a lot of TVs. No, I mean, literally wall to wall TVs. There's like yeah. hardly any space on the walls. They got TVs in the bathroom. It's a wonderful experience. There's 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia love of the star mailbag, which by the way, I, I got to tell you, uh, I believe next week in Tampa, I will be, I will be in Tampa for the game. Uh, and, and Dean Julia did tell me he plans on going to the game. So I might, I might get a Dean Julia selfie, Brian. Uh, and then, then, you know, the, my life will be complete. There you go. We'll, 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 we'll have to stay tuned on that one. First question here, uh, from, uh, one of our loyal listeners, Stacy, uh, she says, which duo needs to have their best game next week to give the Cowboys the best chance to win Zeke and Tony or Micah and D law. Wow. Really good question, Stacy. I think that you're going to have to find a way. Man, Micah, okay, it's going to be about Fournette, D-Law, Fournette, pass rush, Brady. They're one of the worst teams in the league when it comes to running the ball, but they beat you running the ball in week one. Uh, will they go for the same game plan? Will I think to me that you're going to probably need those. I think you're going to need those runners. I do think you're going to need those runners. I think the runners are going to have to, you're going to have to alleviate some pressure off Dak. And I mean, alleviate pressure with, even though they've been in some terrible down and distance situations and Dak's done a great job, you know, like I think they were on a seven week run where they were over 50% until last year. They were 50% or better on third down conversions. But I feel like that they're, Dallas is going to have to establish some things you know, offensively. And if it means mixing the run with the pass, moving, Tampa doesn't score a whole hell of a lot of points. That's been a big, big issue for them. I think if you can find a way offensively to put them in some bad spots, then, then you're, you're going to, you can win this football game. And I think it's going to be about Pollard and Elliott and, you know, Elliott ran for almost five and a half yards of carry when these two teams met, they just went away from it because, but Dak was so bad in that game. I think that's kind of fresh on my mind. I know it was 17 weeks ago, 
but I don't want Dak to go through what we saw in that game or what he went through yesterday. So I think you got to run this football to the best of your ability with those two guys. I'll take the opposite end then. I, I'll, I'll say Micah and D-Law because I think if you can generate some pass rush, that's going to cover, cover over a whole lot of sins at that cornerback too that we've all been stressing. And so I, I think the ability for those two to step up in run defense, the ability to get to Brady and, and not let him do anything down the field on, on some of that susceptibility with Nashawn Wright or Trayvon Mullen or whoever's back there, uh, I, I would then trust that the offense, even if the running game wasn't getting going, would be able to do enough if you were getting good, really good production from those two. But either way, I don't think you can go wrong. I would it's honestly a great think, question. Great I'd question. Take, really I'd take either duo, honestly. Uh, next question here from John Julio Godwin Evans. I know uh, Xavier Rhodes got the boot from Buffalo, uh, but does he have anything to offer opposite of Diggs? Uh, an update on Bland, LVE, Hankins, Biotish. They will all play. They're all playing. Bland, yeah. Bland, Vanderesh, Hankins, Biotish. They're all playing. Um, on Xavier uh, Rhodes, uh, Dan Quinn talked about he was impressed with his tape, likes his competitiveness, likes his football IQ, already been impressed with him in the building. He, he got signed on, what, that was Friday he got signed? Friday yeah. night? Uh, he was on the plane Saturday. So he yeah. even though he wasn't going to play, he traveled. Um, and so I I don't think they're just signing him for fun. Like, they they clearly are trying to mix and match and find something that works. Um so does Xavier Rhodes have anything left? I don't know, but they are going to try and find out. Yeah, I think that, you know, uh, from what I was told, Dan really loves the kids. Uh, he's not a kid. Dan loves the players' length and is competitive. He just doesn't run as well as you probably would like. But in a playoff game with big receivers, this guy who has experience might have an advantage over what we've seen with Wright. Mullen and anybody else you want to throw out there. Maybe you can find a way with Rhodes and Bland to kind of split some things, or you figure out you start Bland uh, as the outside guy. You go to nickel, Bland kicks inside, and then Rhodes takes on the outside. You're going to need some people that are going to battle. These receivers are big. They're back shoulder catchers. You know, you've got to be able to like fight with them for the ball. And I don't know if if Wright is the type of guy, even though I think he needed the experience, I would go ahead and ride with a veteran guy like uh, Rhodes and see if he can, in fact, his experience and his savvy can help you in this game. Next question here. Uh, let's go with from at outside the star. Who can be the unsung hero Monday against Tampa? So uh, unsung hero, I guess that would be more like who who are we – Who's a dark horse candidate to really step up and impact the game? Um, it's an interesting question. I, 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 I'd really like to see the the linebackers play better. Um, and, and obviously, if if T.Y. Hilton can play better uh, than he did yesterday, more like they did in the first two weeks, uh, those are probably some good options. Um, but, you know, those are – if you really want to – we talked about this all the way back in week one. You've got to get Brady up the middle. So Oso Digizua. There's a guy who, if he has a really big game, can really impact the end result. Yeah, there's a couple of guys there I think about. Oso Digizua, I think, played so well for you yesterday. Armstrong played well for you as well. Uh, you know, I, I would like to believe if if Tampa is banged up, and I was doing the the pregame show, so I didn't get a chance to see 
I was watching the game, but I, I think Tampa's like on their third center already. You know, like I remember Brady was getting work with one of the centers. I don't know if something happened. Jensen, Hainsey, and then that. Yeah, yeah. so J- Jensen's been out for the year. Hainsey got hurt. Uh, I, I trying to remember what it was. I think it was a calf strain or something. Yeah. Uh, his, his status is a little in doubt. But, yeah, they've, yeah. they've got problems. So they've got – so if you could tell me that they're having to deal with stuff going on at center, uh, give me give me Osa Odigizua in this game to, to be kind of a dark horse, especially tack in the middle of the pocket. Though everything that I've ever learned, the best way that you know that you're affecting the way Tom Brady's playing is if he has grass stains on that back of that 12. If you look at his name and there's grass on the two or grass across the back of his name, then you're doing a great job playing him. And I think that's the goal is to try and get Tom Brady's jersey to have grass stains on the back. That's 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 you know, you know he's going to get roughing calls. You got to be careful of that. You got to be mindful of the pocket, Sam Williams. You know, that's, the person- that's the guy who you got to watch. Sam Williams, they need to drill that into Sam Williams' head this week. Well, Sam Williams is capable of being a dark horse player, though, too. Sure, absolutely. But dude, you got to make sure that it's under control. Yeah, because if you go low on Brady, they will throw a flag. If you hit him, in, if you touch his head, they will get you a flag. So depending on who the official is this week, we'll see. But, you know, Sam Williams, that could be another Osa, Sam Williams, a couple of dark horse guys for you right there. Last question here from Ian Tisdale. What do you think the Cowboys, coaches in front office uh, specifically, objectives were over the last 10 days going into Washington? Were they preparing to win a game or play it safe? It looked like they were stuck in the middle. What say you? I think they absolutely – I think they were – I think they wanted to win that game. I think they were preparing to win that game. I think you had CD Lamb said it in post game. CD Lamb said we knew we were going to win this game. Yeah, I, I, I think they, I, I don't think they were prepared for what Washington was going to bring to the table. I think they thought yeah. this is a team that's ready to lay over and we'll just go in there and we'll be done. Washington had every reason. The, they lost their, their playoff opportunity the week before. I think that could have killed their spirit. Uh, you know. Uh, Ron Rivera starting Carson Wentz. It was so bad. You know, the commanders looked just like the Cowboys yesterday. No effort, no uh, no continuity, no nothing. Bad routes, bad running, bad block. Everything was bad. And yeah. they let the Browns come in there and beat them up in a game they had to have. So you knew they were going to give a, a really a good effort. You knew that Sam Howell was going to give them a little bit of life if he could. And they did. They took advantage of it. Dallas was awful in all phases of this football game, and they got what they deserved. I know I say that a lot, but they really, really got what they deserved, and I hope it doesn't happen to them again, uh, at least through the playoffs here. That does it for us here today on the Love of the Star podcast. We'll be back with you a couple more times this week. Uh, Lots of time to prepare. It, It feels like an eternity away, but it'll get here before you know it. A uh, lot to work on for the Cowboys. Lots to look forward to with the Buccaneers. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's one that they're going to have to put this uh, bitter taste, uh, get it out of their mouth uh, pretty quickly here as they prep for the Buccaneers and the, uh, the, the mythical legend of Tom Brady, who the Dallas Cowboys still have never beaten. Uh, so we'll bring you all that coverage over the next week. Until next time, we will talk to you guys later.